Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah and welcome to another edition of Tawheed and the Creation exploring the book The Big Bang The Amazing Human Body authored by Buddha Saadi Mani. My name is uh, Muhammad Fasih Peterson and joining me once again Buddha Saadi Mani. Buddha Saadi assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam Muhammad Fasih and the listeners out there. A pleasure having Bidasari with us and uh, Alhamdulillah we're going to be looking at uh, the human body once again. In the last program uh, we covered a lot of ground where we spoke about the human body as a vessel for a community of cells for populations. Uh, we spoke about about 40 trillion cells that exist in the body and that they are regenerated over and over again basically subhanallah. Uh, so tonight uh, we will be continuing on that vein and the last we left it we were reflecting upon the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wherein we were looking at the sovereignty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inshallah. <coughs> Muhammad Fasih Malik al-Mulk the absolute sovereign. Um, when we talk about a king, a king in the in in the material world has power. We call it sovereignty. And when we say Allah Subhanahu wa Taala as the king who have has absolute sovereignty over the entire creation, is clearly demonstrated through some of the examples that we've used last week. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala controls our temperature, our heartbeat, our breathing, um, how long we will live, what happens in every single cell. Make sure that the cells um, regenerate themselves and replace themselves, but that the balance of the body is maintained for the lifetime of the body. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala controls all of those things we said. Now, the one thing is to know the sifat and the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it is equally important to look at all the names and the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to extract from those sifat what it is that we can act on and draw from to learn a lesson out of that knowledge so that we can practically live that sifat now obviously we can't be in total control of everything but what we should learn from this is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts us in charge of anything or gives us authority or gives us wealth or knowledge or skills anything that is superior then we must exercise those gifts and abilities with utter humility and know and recognize where those things come from because if we don't we are setting ourselves up as partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I think that is the starting point of how we practically introduce um, a way of emulating or copying some of these sifat in our own 
daily lives. If we take the example of Fir'aun in that context, someone who uh, had a certain amount of sovereignty on the dunya as was afforded to him, so therefore he then, he saw himself as being sovereign and then he saw himself as being someone who could challenge the Almighty. Yeah, he called himself a god. Uh, and he wanted people to treat him um, and behave towards him as if he was a god. So, if <laughs> that is a clear danger. Now, if we're in the workplace and you are in charge of 10 people, you are the manager, they know you're the manager, and you behave as if you are the boss without recognizing that you have a greater being that's in charge of you. Not only your boss, but the boss of your boss um, and everything else. That there is a power and there is a divine being that is, is in control of everything. If we don't recognize that, even if we have money, uh, uh, you have a lot of money, somebody comes to you uh, and, and, and they want to borrow from you, um, you treat the money as if it belongs to you uh, and you treat the people with disdain, not recognizing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can remove that from you as easily as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given it to you. Or you're a great soccer player. And now you want to behave as, as if you're a little god out there and people are your fans and you treat them any old way. Um, anything that puts you in a position of power or fame or, or, or where people want to praise you are dangerous situations because it has the opposite effect of what we ought to be. One of the very, very, very important qualities that we have to develop as human beings is to be humble. Soos die ouwe mense gesê het sopang. As jy nie sopang is nie, then you become arrogant and then you start forgetting who is the one that is actually in charge of everything and who, whatever you have been given can so easily be taken away. SubhanAllah. And then when we look at that and we understand that the role of human beings are to recognize the sovereignty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not to accept any fame, any praise, any uh, acknowledgement for themselves in terms of their abilities, except that it is being given to them or has been given to them by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Can we then also say that part of the way that we do that is by looking at what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed in the external universe and internally within ourselves and saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Lord of all of these things and so therefore this is the Lord that I serve. Yes, uh, I, 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 I have to remind myself and you of how you open up the program. It's so appropriate to mention that. That when we are given praise or we are given any ability, then we must always recite La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. Because you then, when people give you the praise, 
you quietly say la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah because you are saying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it doesn't belong to me that ability that wealth that skill that authority doesn't belong to me everything comes from you and when you do that you actually now on safe ground because you're not going to claim what actually belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the voice of Bila Salimani, this is the program Tawheed and the Creation, exploring the book, The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body. We're going to go for a break. When we come back, we will continue. Stay tuned. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Welcome back to the program Tawheed and the Creation, exploring the book The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body. And before the break, we had started on the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Al Malikul Mulk, the Absolute Sovereign. And uh, we were speaking about the fact that one has to always recognize that Allah is the true sovereign. Allah is the king of kings and therefore anything that Allah has given us, any form of power, any form of influence should be treated as a ni'mah, should be treated as a blessing. And therefore we should always give thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and attribute the greatness only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. Uh Muhammad Fasih, you mentioned this earlier and I'm going to repeat it. The body has 40 trillion cells. Each one of those cells are alive and they have to perform a specific function. They live for a certain time and then they are replaced and the body is kept in check for every 40 million of that it continues for the lifetime of that person. And you mentioned that there are between 7 and 8 billion people on the planet. If you just take that number alone and look at how many cells are we talking about now that's individually and simultaneously all at the same time. Allah doesn't go to the one and then to the other. Allah controls all every single cell of every single human being at the same time all the time for the entire creation we're not even talking about the plants and the animals that would make it even more uh, profound and difficult to, 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 to comprehend but if we look at that every single individual cell is under the direct control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for every, so it's 40 trillion times 7 billion. Uh, you can do this, uh, the numbers. I don't think I have a calculator <laughs> long enough. In fact, the, 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 the way that they do it, they actually now use a formula. They say it would be 3 times 10 to the power 21 cells that we are talking about for the existing generation. And what about the other generations and the other generations uh, before and the ones to come? Because time doesn't apply to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in control of all and every single human cell from the beginning of time till the end of time, all at the same time. Subhanallah.
Subhanallah. And what makes us really sit up and realize the profoundness of this is that we're talking about cells, living organisms, and then the building blocks to make up those cells as atoms. How many millions? We said that in the grain of sand is about... Yeah, 100 billion. 100 billion. Uh, we, we spoke about that in the last, in the last uh, program. But uh, just reflecting on the fact that within this universe, within this community of cells, they themselves are made up of things. And Allah is monitoring those things as much as Allah subhanahu wa is monitoring the cells themselves and then the makeup of the human body itself and then on top of that right at the at the top of this is the human being who feels that he's so significant subhanallah <laughs> yeah if we if we knew how much is going on inside our bodies and how much effort it would take to control a human being um, if we were to do it physically, we'll be shocked out of our minds. Uh, and just having it, an idea of all these intricate, complicated processes must make us stand back and humble ourselves to our almighty great Lord. If Allah was to give us the ability to control these cells, we would never be able to do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is able to do we would never be able we can't even give attention to one or two things at the same time subhanallah and yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is constantly monitoring this for us so that we can live so that we can exist so that we can do the things that we do on a daily basis without bothering about I wonder if that cell is performing its function correctly I wonder if this atom is in the right place yeah um it's impossible, it's impossible for us to actually even get close to the concept of managing and controlling. If we just look at one cell, it needs food. How much food does it need? What is too much and what is too little? If we look at it has to duplicate itself because it's going to die, how does it duplicate itself in time so that when it dies, that the one cell that's supposed to take over from it is fully formed and able to perform the function that its predecessor did. If you just look at that alone, that's one cell, 40 trillion of it, and that cell must combine with other cells to perform the function of the lungs, for example. Um, I don't know how many cells there are in the lungs, but uh, it must be billions of cells. Um, each cell that forms part of the lungs must work together with the rest of the other cells to perform the function of breathing, inhaling and exhaling, and making sure that there's enough oxygen in the body and that we are actually getting rid of the carbon dioxide. And we, in a previous program, spoke about water and that water is the foundation for every living thing. And then we think about the fact that cells are swimming around in water and that water helps to protect the very fragile nature. Yeah, that is uh, an, another one of the miracles. In fact, what we don't realize is that our human bodies are made up of 70% water. 
between 60 and 70 percent even though we do, some people don't ever drink water i don't know if you you're aware of that i'm one of the those people i seldom drink water i drink tea and i drink other things but my body is made up of 70 percent of water and amazingly the earth is also made up of about 70 percent of water um I don't know what is the divine message in all of this, but that nothing is coincidence. The fact that water plays such an important role on the planet, but water also plays such an important role in the small universe of ours. And uh, when we return after the break, we will be reflecting on the cells. We'll be looking at going inside the cell. And there's more to explore there. There's more to see there. And we'll take you on a journey with us as we go inside the cells after the break. This is the program Tawheed and the Creation, exploring the book, The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body, authored by Bidasani Mani. And uh, uh, exciting times ahead in the next segment. Stay with us. La hawla wa la illa billah Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Welcome back to the program, Tawheed and the Creation, exploring the book, The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body. And this evening, uh, we are looking at uh, the cells inside the human body. Now, before the break, we spoke about the cells and the functions that they perform, and just the fact that they are about... 40 trillion cells in the human body. We spoke about the fact that they are contained in water as fragile as they are in their nature. They're contained in water. We spoke about the fact that they need to be constantly duplicating in order for the cells to continue to perform their function as old cells die, new cells are being uh, formed to take over. And now we are going to go inside the cells and we're going to be explaining what exactly you see if you look in under a microscope. And then beyond that is something else. And beyond that is something else. <laughs> <laughs> If we, if we look at a cell, a cell is a small blob of living matter. Very, 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 very small. Um, you can't see them with the human eye. They're extremely small. Now, in the center of the cell, what we call the nucleus, which is like the heart of the cell, the, the cells have a little tail, almost like a tadpole, which it uses to move around. It's the shape of the cell is not regular. It's, it's, it's an odd shape and the shape changes um, as it moves. Um, but right in the center is the heart of the cell, which is called the nucleus. And the nucleus as within the nucleus, it has what we call chromosomes. And the chromosomes contain information which has to do with the traits and the qualities and characteristics of a human being. Every single cell has a complete blueprint 
of all the characteristics and qualities of the entire human being. So if you take one cell, you can, um, like they've done with, with, with um, Dolly, I don't know if you remember Dolly. Sheep, the clone sheep. The clone sheep. Um, that uh, th they took us one cell and cloned it and they've managed to clone another sheep out of using this method of the information that was contained within the nucleus of the cell. And that detail, I think we will we'll, we'll touch on now and explain a bit more about how that information is actually stored within the nucleus of the cell. So um, when we talk about the cells having that information stored, when we unpack the concept of the chromosomes, for instance, we always hear this being referred to when we speak about gender. So people talk about the Y chromosomes and they speak about the X chromosomes. So are we saying that the nature of a person's genetic makeup in terms of their gender is to be found within the cells themselves? The chromosomes um, that you find in each cell, um, there are 46 chromosomes in each cell. 23 comes from the mother and 23 comes from the father. And they are twisted in a helix. Um, it's almost like a ladder, um, a, a flimsy ladder that, that's not rigid, that's twisted. Um, but it has these lines that runs from the one side to the other. Um, and the 46 chromosomes um, are organized in this twisted pair, uh, 23 from the mother and 23 from the father. And they carry all the information that's carried from the mother and the father. It contains that information in the form of the the genes. Now the genes is the actual component within the uh, 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 chromosome that determines specifically what it is that the uh, adult body will in fact eventually have. So if, 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 if it is that you're going to have blue eyes, um, then that information is contained within the chromosome of uh, the, 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 the human cell. Now, even these the, uh, structures need to be made up of something. So how do we identify the nature of these chromosomes and, and, and the composition? Um, the chromosomes are minute um, entities, objects made of protein, and they have these ladder-like um, structures um, that contains the, the DNA 
and DNA uh, is is a word that we've we've all used, um, but the uh, uh, scientific term is not something that's very familiar to people. Deoxyribonucleic acid is the uh, actual scientific um, word for what DNA stands for. Now DNA is the molecule within the cell which carries all the genetic information. Now, um, w when we say the, the genetic information or genetic material, um, every cell, the DNA, is the piece that runs from one end of the ladder to the other. It's twisted. I don't know, it would have been nice to, to actually show a, a picture uh, but in the absence of a picture, if you look at the ladder and you say one step and next step, every step is what you call the, the, the genetic information is carried on every step of the ladder. But the ladder is not a straight ladder, it's a twisted uh, form of ladder uh, which is made up of protein. Um, now the amount of DNA, and this is one of the astounding facts, uh, Muhammad Fasih, the amount of, uh, the length of the DNA, now we're talking about microscopically small uh, 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 objects, the cells, as microscopically small, yet within the cell we have the chromosomes, which forms uh, which is contained within the nucleus of, of the cell. And within the chromosomes, you have this ladder-like thing with small pieces of information running from one end of the ladder to the other, the steps. If you were to take all of the steps, for lack of a better description, all of the steps of the ladder and you add them together of each cell, you'll get two meters Wow, two meters. Now I look at this table where we are sitting, sitting at. This is two meters, and the two meters is information, the length of the information. I'm just talking about the length. I'm not talking about the actual information, the length of the information. Two meters of, informa uh, of information for every single cell, which means if you have 40 trillion cells, how many meters do you now have? If each cell is uh, two, two meters. meters and you have 40 trillion cells, then you have about 80 trillion meters. 80 trillion meters. If you convert it to kilometers, then it's easy. You just knock off three notes. Then you will say you have 80 billion kilometers. The length of a human being contains in length 80 billion meters of information. Do you know how far the sun is away from, from, from us? 150 million miles, uh, 150 million kilometers, 93 million miles. 150 million kilometers. It means you can travel to the sun 500 times. 
Subhanallah. If you were to take the length of the DNA of one person, one person's DNA, just the length of the information, not the information itself, we'll come to that later, the length of the information, 500 times you can travel to the sun. It's, it's, it's one of the most extraordinary uh, pieces of information that I have discovered for myself. If one person's body is made up, we can't even think of information from here to, to Cape Town or from here to, to Worcester and put all of that together and put it in one person. It's further than the moon. It's further than the sun. It's in fact 500 times to the sun. That would give you the length of the information contained in a human body. Uh, the voice of Bilasani Mani, and uh, of course, this is the program Tawheed the Creation, exploring the book The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body. And uh, we've covered a lot of ground this evening looking at uh, cells, looking at DNA. And we're all familiar with DNA when it comes to watching programs like CSI where people trace incidents or crimes back to its originator and that is through tracing the DNA. And yet if we look at all of these cells and the information that is gathered therein, it is incomputable <laughs> the amount of data that there is. And yet Allah subhanahu is aware of each and every single piece of data, Allah is aware of all of our code and Allah subhanahu maintains the system on such a perfect level and yet as we said in the previous program we are not aware of it, we are not even aware of it but yet this continues to exist and this life continues to be sustained, subhanallah. Uh, Bidasari, shukran so much for joining us once again and uh, it's really been an enlightening program this evening. We look forward to continuing on this vein next week inshallah as we explore this amazing body. Yes, shukran Muhammad Fasih. Um, I just want to conclude by saying to our listeners out there, when you look in the mirror, then look at a miracle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look at your creator and see what miracle Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created by creating you. Uh, we will try and add some more information so that you can really be aware of the true nature of how great Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really is. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and we hope to see you next week inshallah. Inshallah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. From myself, Muhammad Fasih Peterson, I speak to you again. Have a fantastic evening further. And as Bidasari said, remember that you are a walking miracle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Well, have a fantastic evening further. And uh, inshallah, till next time. Inshallah. لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله لا حول ولا قوة إلا